No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that the Lord confronts Job for correcting, rebuking, and condemning him. How does Job respond? We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Job chapter 40 on Simply the Bible. As Job had challenged God's justice in the world, God responded by pointing to his glory in creation. He is the one who created the universe, laid out its foundations, and then endowed the creatures of the earth with their marvelous characteristics. Had Job done any of these things? Did he even understand the details about these creatures and how God commands them and cares for them? But now God asks Job another confrontational question. We continue in Job chapter 40. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Job had been contending with the Almighty. Now, that in and of itself is not all bad. We know that Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night, whom we believe was Jesus. And for this, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Israel means one who struggles or prevails with God. I think of a father wrestling on the floor with his son or when his son has become a young man and they engage in an argument. Now, that argument can happen without the boundaries of respect being violated. But Job had taken it upon himself not only to contend with God, but to correct God and rebuke God. This was not unlike Peter pulling Jesus aside and rebuking him because he told his disciples that he would go to Jerusalem and then be delivered up to the chief priests and be crucified. And of course, when Peter did this, Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan, because you're thinking about the things of men, not the things of God. Now, all along, Job had wanted to take God to court to make his case. He was so convinced that he would vindicate himself and prove that God had been unjust. Now, Job finally gets his day in court. And what accusation would he make against God now that he has the opportunity? Well, Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Now, since chapter 3, Job wanted to see God so that he could justify himself. And so the Lord gave him what he asked for. But how does he respond? He just says, I'm vile. He was vile in his own eyes. He put his hand over his mouth. He has nothing to say. And you know, I dare say that that's the response of anyone who has truly seen God. We see this in the scripture. Isaiah, for example, Daniel, the apostle John, they all had similar experiences of awe that completely humbles a person to the ground 
and they have nothing to say. Well, Isaiah, when that happened to him, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And that sense of awe and wonder and, uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble kind of a thing, (laughs) dread. That's what Job had at this point. And if you've never had that sense of abject nothingness before Almighty God, well, I dare say you've never really seen God. I mean, you've never experienced His holy, sovereign presence in that way. Well, Job had seen God, and now all of his high-sounding arguments went out the window. He realizes now he was completely out of his league, and his arguments had been nothing but chaff before one so wise, powerful, and majestic. I will say that this is one of the reasons I believe worship is so essential in the church. Now, we've suffered through the coronavirus because we've not been able to gather together in person for worship. But last Tuesday night, our men gathered in person for our men's Bible study, and I have never experienced what happened that night. I've never seen the men worshiping God so freely, so fervently, hands raised, voices loud, and it was just beautiful to see because There is something that happens when we come together in corporate worship, and it just doesn't happen when you're at home alone in front of the television screen, as thankful as I am that we can still do that. It's just not the same thing. It does something to us. It makes us realize how great God is and how insignificant we are. It puts our issues and problems in perspective. It breaks down the walls between us and promotes unity And of course, the Lord commands that blessing when we gather together in his name. And we all bow down to the same heavenly father. Well, Job had such a reality check here. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you shall answer me. Would you indeed annul my judgment? Would you condemn me that you may be justified? This is now the second time God has used the phrase, Job, prepare yourself like a man. (laughs) The imagery is taken from a soldier who would bind up his tunic beneath his belt so he could march or stand and fight. It speaks of warfare. God was ready to verbally spar with Job, but he wanted to make sure Job was ready for him. Would you annul or nullify my judgment? Now that speaks of breaking or violating a covenant. And Job had been accusing God of breaking his covenant to judge the world righteously. Would you condemn me that you may be justified? Now this was why Elihu confronted Job, because Job had justified himself rather than God. Let's pause for just a moment to consider that there were three tests in Job's life through this whole ordeal. First was the test where Job lost everything in a day, including his children. And Job said, Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I will return. The Lord gives. The Lord's taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Okay, Job passed that test. The second test was when 
Job was struck in his body with painful boils. And his wife told him, Job, are you holding on to your integrity? Just curse God and die. And Job said, shall we indeed receive good from God, but not evil? And so he passed that test. But then the third test was the accusations his friends levied against him, saying that all of this suffering came upon Job because he was hiding some secret sin. And he went to the mat defending his righteousness. The problem was that in so doing, he condemned God. He accused God of being unjust. And he cared more about his own righteousness than the righteousness of God. And in this, he sinned. So we see that in all of this, this test served to show Job what was really inside of him. There was a self-righteousness in Job that came to the surface through the heat of this testing. And from this, we deduce why God allows sufferings in our lives, why he allows us to go through the fire, because that's where these things that are in us come to the surface and God can deal with them. Verse 9. Have you an arm like God? Or can you thunder with a voice like his? Then adore yourself with majesty and splendor and array yourself with glory and beauty. Disperse the rage of your wrath. Look on everyone who is proud and humble him. Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low. Tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together. Bind their faces in hidden darkness then I will also confess to you that your own right hand can save you. So Job had been saying that God really wasn't doing such a swell job of judging the world. And so God says, okay, Job, you want to try your hand at it? Do you have an arm like I do? Can you thunder with a voice like mine? Can you array yourself in glory and beauty? Let me see you accomplished through your wrath what I have to accomplish every day. Let me see you humble the proud. Let me see you tread down the wicked and hide them in the dust. And if you can show me that you can judge the world like that, well, then I will have to confess that your own right hand can save you. You don't need me to save you, Job. You can save yourself. Well, (laughs) the answer is obvious. Job might have found fault with the way God was doing things, but there was no way he could do it himself. You know, I see that all the time. I see people making all kinds of judgments against people, against our president, against our leaders of one sort or another. But really, how could they do if they were in the same position? It's so easy for us to sit in judgment of others. But could we really do the same job ourselves? God was not abdicating his role as judge, but he was just showing Job, there's no way you can do what I do. (laughs) Verse 15, look now at the behemoth, which I made along with you. He eats grass like an ox. See now his strength in his hips and his power in his stomach muscles. He moves his tail like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are tightly knit. His bones are like beams of bronze. His ribs like bars of iron. He's the first of the ways of God. Only he who made him can bring near his sword. Surely, The mountains yield food for him, and all the beasts of the field play there. He lies under the lotus trees in a covert of reeds and marsh. The lotus trees cover him with their shade. The willows by the brook surround him. Indeed, the river may rage, yet he is not disturbed. 
he is confident. Though the Jordan gushes into his mouth, though he takes it in his eyes, or one pierces his nose with a snare. We'll see that God now goes back to boasting, really, in the creatures that he has made to show his power. And he brings up this creature, the behemoth. Now, commentators argue about what this was. Many say that it was a hippopotamus. It's certainly possible. It sounds like a hippopotamus. And in Job's day, it certainly would have been very difficult to capture one. Other people just say that it is some mythical creature. Although I have a problem with that because I see that God is really boasting in the things that he has made. And I don't think that he would boast in something that's simply mythological. Through it all, God's purpose, no doubt, was that Job would have a lower opinion of himself and a higher opinion of God. And I would say that as we go through life, if that happens to us, as we go through trials and challenges, if they end up bringing us to a lower opinion of ourselves, in other words, realizing that we're not all that, and realizing that God is marvelous, wonderful, powerful, majestic, creator, then that can only do us good in the long run. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow we'll see where the Lord describes the creature Leviathan. There's nothing else like him. What is this mystery creature that is invincible? We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Job on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.